Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Nerd Podcast. Vinny, what's going on? How are you doing, my man? Pretty good. I'm sorry that I missed last week. We're trying to do this every Wednesday, and I I missed a week. Yeah, it's all right. I know. Sometimes you got to take a little siesta. Sometimes you got to take a little vacation. Yeah, it was uh, was quite the trip. It was quite the trip. Yeah. Uh, You went up to Vermont and hit some really good breweries, but you were there for skiing. Do you want to talk about some of those uh, dope breweries you hit up? Yeah. Uh, Every time you go to Vermont, you obviously have to... uh, Hit the Alchemist, get the OG Heady Topper. So uh, I did that. Absolutely, did that a couple times. Then I went over to uh, Foam Brewery in Burlington, Vermont. I don't know if you've ever tried them before. I haven't, but I've heard of them. And uh, how, was it pretty good? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I actually think they're better than Alchemist. Wow. And then, uh, uh, what did you have there that you liked a lot? Uh, it was some double IPA. I actually don't remember the name of it. But you know me, I go okay. in, I look for the double IPA, <laughs> that's what I order. Yeah, nice. And then uh, we went to Lawson's, which is uh, it's great. They just built that that tap room a few months ago, and it's uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, you're a fan of that of Lawson's. Is it just because like, that's the closest one that in the area they're usually in, or do you just like it a lot? Alchemist is actually closer to where we stay, mm-hmm. but there is no tap room in Alchemist. It's basically like uh, when you go into Alchemist, there's a tasting area with three beers on tap which is free which is nice oh that's cool and then just a place to buy cans whereas like lawson's is built so that there's one building is where they brew the beer and then the other building is just this big tap room so uh yeah that's really cool at first i was gonna be like what they don't have a tap room but they give you some free tasting so that's pretty cool yeah i feel like they also just like don't want you to hang around for too long because they're always super busy But yeah, that's how I felt when I went to Treehouse the first time because, uh, well, I, I had been there before, but when I went there during the weekend to like hang out and get a uh, get a couple pours, there's like a two pour limit, which at first I hated, but I get it because they don't want people hanging around. Right. Yeah. Because just so many people are going to these places and it's like, yeah, exactly. It's so crowded. But uh, but yeah. So what are you, what are you drinking right now? Uh, well, I was saving one of my last uh, positive mental attitude. From Long Live. Nice. I, uh, John May was nice enough to pick me up a four-pack when he went over there last week. Very cool. And uh, I got to say, it's delicious. Very um, floral and berry tasting. Oh, okay. Long Live is out mm. of Providence, Rhode Island. Yep. Hopefully to be moving to the new location soon. We've seen, they, they post a lot uh, about like the, uh, updates on their new space and it looks amazing. It looks really cool. There's like a central bar area and then you'll see like stairs and then they have like this upstairs area that goes ar- 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 around like the building. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Long live right now is about the size of my bathroom. So they really could use some. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah it's a little ridiculous and it sucks going, going in there, especially now that it's cold because you can only fit so many people in there. The one good thing though is if you stand outside this time of year, your beer just stays cold. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about it getting all warm and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened last time I was there. <laughs> uh, at Lawson's, what's uh, one of your favorite beers that you that you like to get? So I actually brought back a uh, four pack of the Double Sunshine. Uh, people nice. listening who are not too familiar with beer may be familiar with the Sip of Sunshine, which is like their flagship beer. I feel like, yep. which is also I think a double IPA. So I don't really know the differences, but I, I really like the Double Sunshine, and then the Triple IPA, the Triple Sunshine, is Jesus. just awesome. And uh, yeah. it's 10%. comes in a 12-ounce can, which I appreciate. Uh, I feel like you don't really need a tall boy of a triple IPA. <laughs> no, you really don't. But, you know, you can still get them. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I'm not going to not take yeah. it. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, I really like those. 
Nice. I was at the liquor uh, liquor store this weekend, and um, they actually had Sip of Sunshine uh, for cans. And I was like, damn, I didn't actually... I know that's like a pretty well-known beer for being a craft beer, especially from Vermont. But I didn't think to see it in a liquor store. And then when I was at People's, they actually had um, single cans of Beard. It's the brewing company in Connecticut. And I've only had a couple... Um, of their beers, mostly Galaxy uh, IPAs, but the two that I got, uh, Frankenberry and Dogs and Boats, both double IPAs, and they're both super amazing. Nice, nice, sounds good. Um, but let's move on. Yeah, let's move past the beer. Well, actually, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Polar uh, Black Cherry Seltzer. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, fine. So this week, this week for me is kind of a. Uh, I don't know if you call it like a detox week because last week in, in Vermont, obviously drinking like every day a lot. <laughs> and yeah, the plus uh, the port, the Portland trip that kicked off February Portland trip. It's just been kind of a wild rock star month. And uh, when, when I go skiing now, too, I like to bring these little whiskey nips, especially if it's like really cold yeah. outside, you know, to keep you warm. Yeah, I saw that. That looked that looked pretty cool, man. He looks like a real badass. But pretend that I'm just p- chug a little nip on the on the lift. Oh, yeah, that's how I do it. You know, I'm a, I'm a pro. But uh, <laughs> uh, but pretend that it's Friday and I'm drinking the double sunshine because that's what I'm going to be drinking right. on Friday. Wow, I'm so happy you're drinking that, Christian. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I wish I was drinking it right now, <laughs> but you know, I feel like for my overall health, I should uh, take a couple days off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm health conscious. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, what do you want to do? You want to jump right into the Oscars? Is there anything else you want to talk about first? Uh, I had nothing but the Oscars on my agenda. I don't know about you. Uh, I, well, I have two things. So um, today, Pokemon Direct, which is just like Nintendo Direct, dropped a major uh, bombshell, and they're releasing their first uh, game for the Switch, not including Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. So this is a brand new Pokemon game that's coming out on the Switch only, Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I don't know, man. I, I have a bad taste in my mouth from their last original game, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. It was really cool how they had new versions of the old school Pokemon, but different types. But the story was eh, and the the gameplay was weird. And I tried to hold in there, but it didn't really do it for me. So I'm excited for a new Pokemon game. Yeah. But I just don't know how they're going to make it better because on like a on a DS, it's handheld. You know, it's what we think of handheld games, and so there's only limited things to it. But on the Switch, man, anything's possible. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to just like have your classic run of the mills, like walking through areas, finding Pokemon, or are they going to include more things because they have better technology? I feel like there's a, been a theme here with these podcasts opening up on Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mean for that to happen. So I, I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm still a kid. I love new Pokemon games. There's all new Pokemon. They showed the three new starters. They're adorable as fuck. So I can't <laughs> wait to get into it. But I just hope that we see cool new Pokemon and ones where I'm kind of not ones where I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah. So, well, dude, I, I hope so for your sake too. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's all right, man. Thank but you. I, I but appreciate I, it. I want you uh, to be happy with it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Detective Pikachu released a new trailer. Uh, it wasn't anything too much more. It's just more uh, scenes from the movie. Yeah. We get a little bit insight into Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu, why he can talk. But it's not really too much. What a what a weird world we're living in. Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu. Yeah, I know it was weird, but um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for that movie. So yeah, I, you're gonna be there opening night, right? I probably will be. Yeah. 
Uh, cool. And uh, s- secondly, um, I've been watching Umbrella Factory. Uh, the internet has been talking a lot about it. Um, it had a it had a pretty good score on Rotten Tomatoes, as far as I'm concerned, seventy three percent, which I was expecting worse. Wait, we're we talking about uh, Umbrella Academy. I, I like it. Uh, the original comic was written by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance, and illustrated by Gabriel Ba. It's the 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 art is a little unique, and I'm not so into it. But when you see like the more grand scale pictures, it's it's really cool. So it's an incredibly silly and dark comic, and the way that they're doing it in the TV show is a little strange to me because it's taking itself seriously, but also not at the same time, so I don't know which direction I'm getting pulled into. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait a minute. You said Umbrella Factory? Do you mean Umbrella Academy? Yeah, I, did, I did mean Umbrella Academy. See, I have i don't know. I say it all the time. Well, that's a store. A Umbrella, uh, Umbrella Factory is a store <laughs> in Rhode Island. That's why you say it. No, I know. Umbrella Academy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I, I'll Thank have you to look into that. Me. Yeah. It's got a uh, 8.5 out of 10 on IGN Entertainment, 73% of Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty good reviews there, Vinny. Yeah, and that's why I'm a, I I want to continue it. I'm only three episodes in. There are some really good scenes. Um, so the, at points, the acting and dialogue is really good, but then at points, it's dry and a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, it's it's silly and dark, and I just don't know which way it's pulling me. But I'm I'm in for the ride. Would you say that it the tone it doesn't quite know what to do yet? Like, well, it's it's almost like it's it's. It's its own full fleshed out thing. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand the vibe that it's trying to throw right. at me, but I like it. How many episodes are there? Uh, ten. They're all about an hour long. Uh, I know people who have finished it and said it's amazing. It already got confirmed as of today for a season two, so that means that you know people are enjoying it. And Netflix thinks it's a good idea, so that's good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. You, you know, uh, I've been talking about the Ted Bundy tapes for a while because that was my last. Netflix binge. Yeah, how was that? Um, I I think if you don't know anything about the trial and the murders and stuff, it's pretty fascinating. But if you have a general knowledge, unlike I did, of it, it might not be quite as entertaining. Yeah. Um, But I would recommend it. It is dark, obviously. It's about a serial killer. It's about Ted Bundy. Right, exactly. (laughs) So uh, there's this weird thing with a lot of people where they have this morbid curiosity about serial killers. Like so many people are fascinated by it. Uh, and I never thought I was that type of person, and then I turned it on, and I was like, I cannot stop watching. So, next thing you'll know, man, you'll be listening to to podcasts, a true crime podcast like me. I literally cannot go a week without listening. Oh, to I've already started to do serial that. Serial killers and sword and scale. Sword and scale is one of my favorite podcasts, and it's pretty fucking dark. All right, well, I'll have to check that out because I I do a lot of driving in my day, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely need some new podcasts. Um, and the other thing. Yeah. I'm kind of watching is the second season of Making a Murder. I really loved the first season. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it as much as everybody else, I feel like. Did you did you watch it? Oh yeah, me and Chrissy binged it in three days. The both seasons or just the first? No, just the first season when it initially came out. But I haven't heard anything about the second season if people like it or don't. So how do you feel? So about it? um I liked the first season. I thought it could have been like five episodes. I thought it was too many episodes. Oh yeah. But uh so far the second season's pretty good. Um, and then I just read to yesterday that he may be getting another trial. An appeal. An a, yeah. he, he won his appeal, so he may be getting another trial. He's won his appeal. Which is yeah. pretty cool. So that's the thing about season two, though, because like, you know at this point that he's still in prison. So like, why am I sitting down watching this? I think that's why 
I didn't really rush to it because like you still like I mean whether you want to or not you still see the updates on your Facebook feed or whatever yeah. so I know that he's still in jail I know that Brendan Dassey got out before Brendan before season two no he's still in there out. I was reading this he's oh, he, he's still in prison Everybody he's still me. in there yeah because you you told me and Kyle told me that he was out so I looked it up yeah and he's still there oh god that's so sad I maybe I'll go back so, and watch it now so bad for that kid that poor dumb kid I know when he's like will I be out of here uh, in time for my project to be done. <laughs> and they're like, bro, you just, I mean, it's a murder. Like, you, no, you can't leave. So is is the second season more the same? It's just all about, like, stuff that's happening now? Yeah, so the second season is about how he got this lawyer, essentially, who is famous for getting people out of prison uh, who are wrongly yeah. convicted. So I've only seen, I think, two or three episodes, and they're trying to, like, prove his innocence once again. It's kind of just like a modern version of what we've already seen. Because the other, like, yeah. what we saw in the first season was from... 10 years ago so now it's a similar thing but um Mm -hmm. i'll probably finish it but it's yeah (laughs) yeah nice um i gotta say if we're still talking about shows i am so goddamn excited for barry season two yeah yeah i gotta start season one actually Uh, do you have you not watched it at all No, but i've heard such good things from you a lot it's so good and i will say that i i dropped off uh before episode four but then literally the end of episode four, it just, it, it's, everything comes together and it just snaps in this, and, and you can't stop. Yeah. And so I'm excited for season two because I hope that it's not like the first season and that they know their, they know how they run. They know like the way that the show runs. So they got to keep it on that train. And I, I, I hope it's amazing. All the, tr- there's like two, I think there's two trailers. They both had me excited. And I just can't wait to see how much deeper Barry goes. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of Bill Hader, so I I have to check it out. I've I've always loved him, man, and he surprised the hell out of me with this with this show because a he wrote it with uh, Alec Berg, and the 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 writing is awesome, the dialogue is amazing, and his acting it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that he like surprised a few people with how good he actually was at acting. He he, uh, he surprised the fuck out of me, man. I didn't know that he had that kind of range, and um, I'm just so excited to see if he can like pull us deeper into that. Uh, I found too that a lot of comedians are good dramatic actors. The biggest one is like Jim Carrey when I saw Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, but I've seen it with even like Robin Williams too, with like uh, Goodwill Hunting and stuff. I don't know. There's something about them because I feel like on the inside well, even- they're dark and kind of yeah sad. Yeah, well, even for um, smaller roles that weren't really too much, Bill Burr and Breaking Bad. I that I if I didn't even know who Bill Burr was when I was watching yeah. Breaking Bad. So if you had told me he was a famous comedian, I would have never fucking guessed yeah. that. Old Billy Redface. Oh, Billy Boss. <laughs> All right. So do you want to talk about the Oscars? Yeah, let's jump into it. Great. Uh, so the Oscars were on Sunday, and yep. like every Oscar season. People complained a lot. Yep. But Vinny, what was your overall... First of all, you watched the Oscars, correct? Yes. Every year I get more and more into it. I watch it earlier. I'm on E! Watching the red carpet. <laughs> it's like your Super Bowl. I love it, dude. It, it kind of is, dude. And I, uh, Maybe I like superficial things or whatever. I just like... I, I get so into it now. And I love the dresses. I love seeing how beautiful everybody is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude, Mahershala Ali but is like a beautiful man. He's gorgeous. Bradley <laughs> Cooper looked amazing. Oh, dude, I got to talk about that movie for a little bit later on. But yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, dude, we're gonna talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall, I I went into it uh, not as excited because for some reason, I keep going back to the La La Land Moonlight Oscars, and for some mm. reason that there was just so much going into it that you didn't know who was gonna win, and I felt like this year everyone knew Roma was gonna win awards, and there was I I was anxious because I didn't think Marvel would win as much as they did, and I I kind of wish they won a little more, but we'll get into that. And I, I liked it, especially with no host. I love that it started off with the Holy Trinity, the Holy Women Trinity yeah, of SNL. Yeah. <laughs> they could have just hosted, honestly. They literally could have hosted this, the whole thing, and I would have been so fine. But that was one of my things I was going to talk about is I don't think you really need a host. I didn't really even notice. No, I, this Oscar proved that they don't need a host. They just need really funny people to come in and do their own thing. Yeah. Like with the Melissa McCarthy thing for um, The Favorite. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. She's She is funny. And she was actually nominated, right? I think she was nominated for Best yeah, Lead Actress. Yeah, she was for uh, Can You Can you Ever Forgive Me? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. I didn't actually see it. Um, I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, I heard from Kyle that it was actually really good. And it was a surprising like uh, role for Melissa to really um, crush. It's nice to see her do something different. Because I feel like for so long she was doing like the same character in every movie. Yeah. And it felt like she was starting to get into that Hollywood sort of mind frame where she was just making funny movies like consistently, you know? Yeah. And just collecting that paycheck. Yeah, exactly. But I, I really wish I did see that movie. And I know she didn't win, but to be nominated is still a big deal. Oh, yeah. And I would never in a million years would have thought that Melissa McCarthy would be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. So that was pretty uh, cool. Before we get more into it, I know that you loved um, If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah. Do you wish that was nominated more? Uh, that movie should have been nominated for Best Picture. I think it should have won Best Picture, but, you know, oh, <clears> as yeah. the Rolling Stones say, you can't always get what you want. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, It was great. R- Regina King won for yes. If Beale Street, right? Yeah. And I, okay, well that- within the first, I think it's within the first 15 or 20 minutes of the movie, you can tell that she deserves to win. It was like, Wow. They showed a lot that scene a lot when they were making the when they said the nominations. But uh yeah. yeah, she was really, really good. And I was happy to see her win. I thought that that Barry Jenkins should have gotten the best director uh nomination. And I thought it should have yeah. been nominated for cinematography, although it might have been. I don't I don't remember. But um and best picture. It should have been nominated for best picture. Yeah. But what can you yeah. do? It was my yeah, it was my I best mean, picture. It... <laughs> Um, I was surprised that Black Panther won three um, Oscars. I I uh, should have assumed that it would win for costume design. I don't know why that didn't come into my head yeah. because we usually try and do a ballot, and I picked um, I picked the favorite because of all the dresses and everything. And yeah, well, that's the, valid. The, too. That could have won. Yeah, um, but I, I was incredibly happy. Marvel deserves to have some credit in the movie industry, you know. And I really. I really wish Infinity War yeah. won an Oscar because it's it, it it's this climax movie that we've been getting to for 10 years and I just wanted some sort of recognition but the fact that Black Panther even went home with Oscars is amazing. I think Black Panther did something that we talked about when we did the Dark Knight podcast is it kind of transcended comic book fans and that's like a big part of why it got so much praise. I feel like I mean my parents went to go see it who never watched yeah. superhero movies. Yeah. So, uh, it it I mean it's nice to see, I guess. But um, yeah. Were you surprised when it was nominated for best picture? Uh, I was. I really didn't expect it to be in there because, to be honest with you, I thought Black Klansman was already like a big name in there for diversity. Yeah. Let's be honest. You know. Well, I and that movie's awesome too. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, and um, 
I really was surprised to see uh, 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 Best Picture. Uh, I didn't think it was going to win, just like I wanted A Star is Born to win, and I knew it wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly need to revisit it, because for some reason, I just don't feel like it's as good as everyone's saying, and I, I feel weird saying that out loud, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I heard a lot from Marvel fans that Infinity War was the better movie. Well, yeah, it, it's tough, because that's, like the, like I said, it's the pinnacle of 10 years of Marvel movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So This whole thing, too, started back when The Dark Knight wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and then people were like, well, this needs to be, some of these superhero movies need to be recognized uh, for being great cinematic achievements or whatever. So this is probably a good one yeah. to start with. I wonder if yeah. in the future we're going to see more of this. But uh, yeah, do you remember a few months ago when they announced there was going to be a, a best popular film category? Yeah, I was just about to bring that up because I feel like that's just pandering to them. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like, it's not really the best picture, but like a lot of people like it. So we would give it an award. It's It's got to get something. Yeah, right. <laughs> to please the so mainstream I, audience. I, I would have rather not win than get an award like that. Because like I said, it's just pandering to what people think the stereotype is. When it really, I mean, uh, say what you want, but it really is amazing movies, you know. And especially Infinity War. Because like I said, it's a, it's a climax of 10 years. There's... 30 plus characters that we've never that no film no superhero film has ever done before yeah you know I, f- so. I feel like if you're going to give those movies awards where they're the strongest is probably like sound design costume yeah, makeup exactly. stuff like that but I kind of ask this question too like what makes the best picture of the year like why do you why do they choose certain movies every year mm-hmm. and I feel like what should be the best picture is when you see a movie and you leave the theater and then that movie kind of just sticks with you for like months or whatever. Yeah. And also, I mean, if you just take a look at, at the, um, uh, at the, the, the social commentary, like Facebook, Twitter, anything, I mean, I, maybe I'm biased, but people were talking about a star is born from when it came out to even now, literally I, I, it's what, three days later from the Oscars and I literally have to stop everything I do so I can watch the shallow performance again. Yeah. Anytime anyone posts it. I actually, so I actually watched the stars born three hours before the Oscars came on. And first of all, really? it left me in a very depressed mood for a little bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> but this is the fourth remake of a star is born. Yeah. So I feel like in a way that may have hurt its chances for best picture. I, I agree with that. But, I mean, the last one came out in 1976. Right. If, you know, I understand people were people are still alive who have seen it. But it's the, the years have come through enough for them to do another one. And I, I haven't seen the 1976 one. But I know for a fact that this Star is Born is um, very modernized from the fact that they're in a, um, a, uh, drag, uh, a drag bar right, in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, I was... And they talk about... I'm sorry. They talk about mental issues. They talk about addiction. These are all things that uh, are very modern and still almost are a stigma to talk about, like mental health, you know? Yeah. And I thought Bradley Cooper should have won Best Actor. I thought he was like phenomenal. Oh, dude, for being an amazing drunk. Yeah. (laughs) He was so good. Well, Bradley Cooper in real life was an alcoholic and he's now sober. Yeah. No, he was. Yeah. But And the other thing, too, is he changed his voice so much. It didn't sound like Bradley Cooper for most of the movie. Yeah, I think he could have easily won, and then I think that um, the co-star there could have won. 
Oh, Lady Gaga? No, well, yeah, her too. And then... Uh, oh, Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. A lot of people were, were shitting on his nomination because it's like he's literally in the movie three times. <laughs> but when he does come through, it there it's powerful, you know? Yeah, I mean... I've we've seen actors win before who are in like ten minutes of the movie. I mean, do you remember Alan Arkin yeah. for Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah, I mean, he did he win for that? He won for it. He died like halfway through the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then Viola Davis was nominated for Doubt, and she's literally in one one scene. Yeah. So did Sally Hawkins win best um, best actress last year because she literally did not talk at all in The Shape of Water? I'm, I don't think she did. I, I, I would have remembered if she did. I don't remember her being nominated. I never saw I The Shape of Water. I mean, I'm biased because I, like I like my nerd culture. I like my nerd people, and I like to stick with them. But it, it, it was an amazing movie, dude. I cried at the end. I, I cried pretty hard at the end. Yeah, and Guillermo del Toro. Wait, are you talking about Star Born or Shape of Water? Uh, the Shape of Water, okay. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and he's like a super nerd, too, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was really happy when he won. But uh, yes, A Star is Born, it surprised me too because I didn't really think I would like it as much as I did. One thing I kind of wish they did differently, and spoilers, obviously, is I kind of wish he lived at the end. I know in every one of the movies that they've made of A Star is Born, he dies at the end. Yeah. I think he could have lived and it could have been just as good, but I don't know. What do you think? I think... I as much as I wanted him to, I don't think the end would have been as emotional if he had lived. True, yeah, that last scene with Lady Gaga is pretty amazing. It's I literally I I'm thinking about it right now, dude. I'm getting goosebumps. It's it's so electrifying and it's so emotional. Yeah, and I I like the way he spoil well spoiler for the whole thing. Yeah. I like the way he died in this one because he killed himself. And in the other movie, I don't know if it's the 1976 or the 1951, <laughs> but they the guy dies in like a car crash or something it's sudden yeah so whereas if this one like like i said they really focus on addiction and mental health and this it, it really hits home I, really hard i believe in the original star is born from the 30s it's a film actor yep. and not a singer and i think in yeah. the 30s version and what the 50s there's one from the 50s too right yeah i think he walks into the ocean and kills himself so, oh, that's that's powerful. for some reason the '70s version is the only one where he doesn't commit suicide. Interesting, but yeah, Bradley Cooper, man, he was next level good, and the fact that he could sing that well, I mean, yeah, that performance too at the Oscars is quite quite steamy. Yeah, man, it was amazing. <laughs> I, like I said, I literally have to stop anything I'm doing and I have to watch it again because it was it's so good. You 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 still feel it looking at the performance, at the live performance, you know. Yeah, and um, I I think this movie says a lot about Bradley Cooper as a creative because not only is he an amazing, I mean, uh, actor, but he was an amazing director in this movie, dude. There are shots that aren't so stere- that aren't so stereotypical or cliche. There's he throw he's there are even like creative things in it too. Like in the beginning, um, when he's playing the when he's playing the show in the very beginning, uh, you see him like take a shot of something and then do something, and then you see like when he's walking up, it's a fish eye and you feel foggy with him. You yeah, know? yeah. I, uh, I and I said it before, just his ability to change his voice because if you watch like any other of his movies, he doesn't sound like that. Yeah, exactly. And that scene at the Grammys, like, how uncomfortable did you feel just like watching that scene? Dude, my 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 heart was in my stomach. It, <laughs> I, it, I I was so emotionally invested in this movie; it was ridiculous. 
Yeah, and I knew the ending actually, like going into the movie, and I was still pretty. Uh, oh, did you really? Yeah, because it was like spoiled to me or something. I don't know, but it was still just as impactful when I watched it. Yeah, the part two where the yeah, dog, man, it, the dog's outside the garage door and just like lays down. That's actually Bradley Cooper's awesome. real life dog. Fun fact. No, I, yeah, I I was <laughs> actually Monday. I was on the IMDb. Uh, like trivia section of A Star Is Born for half hour, <laughs> slow day. Yeah, and uh, I I honestly wish that it won more. I think it should have won best adapted screenplay. What won best adapted screenplay? Oh, I want to was Spike I Lee. I think it was Black Klansman. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, did you see Black Klansman? I didn't, and I really wish it didn't. I did, and I remember when it came out over the summer. I was like, I should fucking yeah, see this. yeah. Can I can I transition to that real quick? Yeah, please do. So Black Klansman was phenomenal. I think that might have been, of the Best Picture ones movies I had seen, I think Black Klansman might be my favorite. Wow. They're just like a fascinating movie. And it was it's based on a true story, obviously, of uh, Ron Stallworth, the uh, black cop who goes undercover into the KKK. So basically, the black cop talks on the phone to the KKK, and then um, Adam Driver, who is the white cop, is the one that goes and interacts with them. And yeah. what's sort of interesting is Adam Driver is Jewish, so the the KKK doesn't like Jews either. So there's a really good scene of of uh, Ron Stallworth talking to Adam Driver, and he's like, "You've got skin in the game too. Like, how are you not yeah, as invested like as this?" And I and the other thing too is I love Adam Driver, especially after this mm-hmm. movie. I think he's just such a good actor. I hated Adam Driver until <laughs> I saw Logan Lucky. Okay. That was a pretty good movie. Now, a lot of people kind of uh, shit on it as just being like another stereotypical heist movie. But it was really good, man. I mean, he, his character seems stale, but he puts l- layers to him. It's it's really good, man. And like I said, I, I used to hate on him. He looks like an actor that got famous by accident. <laughs> and I, I I now grow to appreciate him. I was just going to say, he, he doesn't look like the typical famous you know lead actor. Yeah. And that might be what I like about him. He's also like so tall, like compared to the other yeah, actors on screen. <laughs> just like a big guy. Yeah. And he used to be in the military. And he seems yeah. he seems pretty well spoken, kind of soft spoken too. He seems like he's a little bit shy. But uh mm-hmm. he was so good in that movie and the soundtrack of that movie was incredible. Um I I should watch more Spike Lee movies, but uh Yeah. I heard that when Green Book won Best Picture, Spike Lee was not not pleased. Yeah, he, like, left early or something. He, like, yeah, turned around, like, walked out, and then he was doing the post-Oscar press, and they were, they were like, what was that reaction about Green Book? And he just said, it wasn't my cup of tea. And I guess it is pretty shitty to, like, not even watch the Best Picture winner win. Yeah. But I, in a way, understand why he was so mad. I, I do understand that, but like it's your first Oscars, man. I mean, not maybe not your his first Oscars, but you won an Oscar for the first time. You can always be a, a little respectable. And I mean, I don't know Spike Lee. I don't. I don't know his vibe. I don't know who he is. And yeah. I mean, maybe that's just what he does. Yeah. No. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe someone needed to speak speak up and say their piece. And I know that maybe you don't fully agree with him, but I I know that you didn't think uh, Green Book should have won. No, definitely not. I mean, I wrote the the article on the Daily Nerd website. Check it out. Yep. I saw. Did you see Green Book? I didn't. I really wish I did. So I saw Green Book in the theater. I was actually on the way to the theater to see Bohemian Rhapsody, and pulled an audible. 
football term. Uh, nice. And uh, oh, yep, showing the beer. Long live. Yep. Uh, and live. went to go see Green Book instead. And it's one of those movies that your mother, like anyone's mother, would love. If that makes sense. It's like yeah, it seemed like that kind of movie. It's feel good. It's super stereotypical. Viggo Mortensen plays. If you could think of like the most stereotypical Italian dude, that's what he is. He's like, forget about it. And why are you breaking my balls? Like, it's what he does. <laughs> he gained a ton of weight for it, too. He's eating in every scene. And then Mahershala Ali. Yeah, he's like, he, he eats like a whole pizza or something. Yeah, he eats a whole pizza. And everybody says it's driving Miss Daisy in reverse. And uh, <laughs> that's true. And you know what's really funny is Spike Lee, I guess, when he his movie Do the Right Thing came out, uh, driving Miss Daisy was nominated and he wasn't. So he was like, what's with these movies about driving yeah, and racial things that I can't beat these movies. But uh, I, I understand why he was mad because it just seemed like the most stereotypical movie about racism and it just wasn't, it wasn't great. It was good. Yeah. It wasn't great. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Does it seem like they're not, uh, I hate to use the same words, but they're like pandering to the fact it's like, Hey, that's racist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not like an expert on this topic, obviously, but like, yeah, it was. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It just was cliche. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it it didn't feel real. Oh, look, like racism is cured. They're best friends now. It's just it. It's not accurate, and and I know that the so the Mahershala Ali plays Doctor Shirley, and I know his family was angry because they weren't consulted about the. I think it's the book and then the screenplay, and then um. They said it wasn't very accurate, which is not surprising because it was super like. It's a movie. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, Black Clansman is so much better is what I'm saying. It should have won Best Picture yeah. over that. And I understand why Spike yeah. Lee was mad because his movie was so much better. Yeah. I mean, and um, Star Wars was so much better. It, I don't understand why those two movies didn't beat this movie. Yeah. Were you surprised that Roma didn't take home the Best Picture? Because I was just waiting for it to happen. It, it won a lot of awards, man. Did it win best international film or foreign film? Best foreign film, yeah. Okay, how does that make any sense? Because it's nominated for both. That's that's basically setting up to fail because it's not going to win both is what I'm thinking. Okay, I didn't even think about that. And I like when he, he won the award and he was talking about his favorite foreign films and he was like, you know, like Jaws. Because <laughs> cause to, to him, they're, they're foreign films. So it's almost like that category should be eliminated. And they should just include yeah. if it's foreign, just include it with the best picture nominations. Uh, I I would agree with that, but maybe even take it a step further and include more categories on foreign films. Whether it's are the do they do foreign documentaries too? I think they do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they, they just include it a little more, you know, because even with like the animated um, uh, section, I, I was incredibly happy that Spider-Man won. Haven't seen it yet, which is a very blasphemous on my part. Yeah. And um, it's there's always one token um, anime film in there. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that people should watch anime movies, but there are amazing films that came out this year that were animated. And whether they were fantastical or, or um, nonfiction, you know, um, they, they deserve to get a little bit credit. And I mean, if you're going to do foreign stuff, you should include like some other like niche categories, but that's just me. If I, I didn't do an Oscar ra- bracket this year, but if I had done one, the, mm-hmm. my lock pick for best animated feature would have been Spider-Man. Cause I heard so many good things about it. 
I've seen clips of oh, it. Oh, yeah. It just seemed like that movie, there's no way it could have lost that category. No, it, it won the Golden Globe. Um, it was uh, People were ranting about it. It had an amazing Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, I, so. I also heard that it's going to get a uh, countrywide release or worldwide release now in like every theater. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I read that recently. It's something I'm, I wouldn't normally see, but just based off how beautiful the animation looks, I have to see it. Yeah. And I have to see it on a big screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been told is that it's really like a theater worthy movie. Yeah, it just, yeah, it does look really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about briefly the best documentary feature that won, Free Solo, because I went to go see Free Solo in the theater. It scared the absolute shit out of me. Oh, you saw saw that in theater? Yeah, so I saw it. It played up in Concord. Um, It didn't play in every theater, but it plays in those like smaller theaters. They used to have the cable car in Providence. It it, it would play in a theater like that. But yeah. when you see it on a big screen, it's just like, oh my god! You're like gripping the the armrests of your seat because at yeah, any, it's literally suspenseful. I mean, at any moment, this guy could fall and die. So the real thing about it is that he scaled this El, something El Capitan, like just completely free, free hand, no no fucking uh, straps, nothing. Yeah. So Alex, I think it's Honold. Is how you say his last name. Um, if you haven't heard already, check him out on Joe Rogan's podcast because he is a fascinating <laughs> yeah. dude. But yeah. I, I think he has the inability to feel fear. It's kind of crazy. Okay. They scan his brain in the movie, and what they find out is basically like he, there's a part of his brain that's like almost shut off where he doesn't get stimulated by cert, like certain things. It takes a lot to stimulate that part for him to feel fear and stuff, and which makes okay. sense because he – the whole point of the movie is he's free soloing El Cap in Yosemite, which is 3,000 feet of just straight rock. Jesus. And when you watch the movie, it's wild. And what the filmmaker, Jimmy Chin, also a badass, um, when he was making the movie, he was really conflicted because he's filming and his friend could die at any second and he didn't want to be filming, obviously, if that were to happen. Yeah. So their biggest thing was they wanted to stay as far back and not be distracting as possible. So they shot it from, I think, pretty far away from him, but they were able to use lenses to get you know, up close and zoom in. But, yeah, dude, it's it's nuts. There's a great behind-the-scenes video of it on YouTube that uh, I posted yesterday. You should check it out. Yeah. No, I, I really do. And I honestly, that wasn't even on my radar. And now that it won Best Picture, a lot of people have been talking about it. So maybe I will check it out now. Yeah, definitely check it out, um, especially if you like beautiful mountains <laughs> yeah how about seeing uh mike myers and dana carvey together <laughs> yeah um i know some people go crazy for that are you a wayne's world guy i mean i was when i was like 14 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but i think it was just funny and like of course they'd have those two to bring up bohemian uh, rhapsody um, bohemian rhapsody yeah, yeah. yeah what's with that movie have though? you seen I don't know, dude. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No, I have no desire to see it. I told you I was on the way to the theater to see it and I changed my mind. I went to go see mm. Green Book instead. I don't yeah. I don't get it. It's like I've heard I've heard completely mixed things. Yeah. Also the fact that so I've seen clips of it online and the editing I thought was so awful and then it wins best editing, which is bizarre to me. Yeah. I'm wondering who who's paying who's paying off the academy, you know? To get the- <laughs> 
obviously some sort of maybe just uh lauren michaels because there were a lot of snl people <laughs> well mike myers was in it too right wasn't he like the manager yeah and then Littlefinger. Yeah. oh yeah that's right yeah yeah peter baelish yeah, little fingers in there i don't know it's yeah. i know you're you like queen right you like queen more than i do i mean i i like good music you know i, I think everybody <laughs> likes queen yeah i mean i don't hate queen there's i don't really listen to them but I don't know. Yeah. I just had zero, zero desire to see it. And now this movie, Rocket Man, about Elton John, looks like the same movie. It does look like the same movie, and I'm upset because I thought I had uh, uh, Taron Egerton pinned as the next like action movie star for the next 10 years. And here he is pulling off this amazing biopic. And then did you see his performance with Elton John at an Oscar party? I did not see that. Him and Elton John sing Tiny Dancer together. Oh, man. All right, so is he like a lock for next Egerton year? Just, I guess so, dude. <laughs> he's, he's singing, and it's really him, and he was amazing. Damn. All right, we'll have to check that out. That's on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, you could you can find it anywhere. Damn. I'll have to look, at, look that yeah. up. Um, I know that you were a big fan of The Favorite this year. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first um, Oscar movie that I saw. saw it in theaters. And I really like that movie a lot. I'm happy that uh, Miranda Coleman won for Best Actress. Wait. Um, is it Olivia Coleman? Olivia Coleman. God damn it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Coleman. I'm so happy she won. Yeah. Uh, she she portrayed a very broken and hurt figure. Yeah. Powerful figure. And she did a really amazing job at it. And the, the, the favorite was hilariously dark. They did a good job of establishing... Um, What's that film in lit word? Mise-en-scene. Oh. It's just, they had a lot of fisheye lens that just really, you literally could see the whole room. And it's like people working, it's people washing, you see the the ceilings, you know, and it really immerses you in the setting. Yeah, I've heard the the camera work is very different in that movie. It really is, dude. And I, I liked it a lot. I loved her speech, too. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. I, Even um, Lady Gaga's speech was really good when she won for uh, Best Song. Yeah, and uh, Mark Ronson, you know the producer there. Yeah, I saw him perform a few years ago at like some some film some festival I was at. I didn't like pay to go see Mark Ronson. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a pretty cool dude, and he's he produces so many of these hits. Yeah, I, I like. I don't even know. I remember. Um, I think it was when he played with Miley Cyrus at SNL. And I was like, what, should I care who this guy is? Yeah. And here he is. He wrote one of the best songs of our year. And he also produced Bruno Mars, that big song he had a few years ago. And they Uptown Funk. Yeah, and they performed at the Super Bowl. So, yeah, he's definitely important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, he's a hit maker, so good for him, yeah, man. Yeah. Happy he got an Oscar. Yeah, Lady Gaga, um, her speech was good. And then, yeah, the Olivia Coleman speech, it's, it's nice to see when somebody's, like, genuinely shocked that they won. It's always yeah. fun to see their speech, and uh, yeah, she's funny. She even she won the um, the Golden Globe, and she literally did the same thing. She was just so surprised. She was so so adorable, and literally didn't even see it coming. You know, yeah, yeah, that was cool to see. Uh, what else? Anything else from the Oscars? Were um, did you did you like see coming that Spike Lee was going to talk about Trump in twenty twenty? <laughs> well, so if you see Black Klansman, you kind of know why. He talked about Trump. Um, not really spoilers, but at the end of Black Klansman, they show clips from Charlottesville from a few years ago. And then they oh, show, Jesus do you Christ. remember that Trump speech he said about like there were good people on many sides? and On both sides. Yeah, which yeah. is like fucked up. They showed that whole thing. And then because um, the movie's about 
obviously racism, the KKK. Yeah. And there's these subtle jabs at Trump, even in the dialogue of the movies. It takes place in the 60s, I think. I hope that's yeah. right. And there's there's subtle hints like th- there's the Make America Great Again thing is brought up a lot. Like they say, well, make America great again, basically. They're like no, winking, like winking at the audience. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't surprised you brought brought him up. I actually really loved too when they announced the winner that how just pumped up Sam Jackson was for uh, Spike Lee to win. And uh, I heard today that they actually were uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Spike Lee went to school together, so they've known each other. For, oh yeah, forever. yeah. So it was cool to see his reaction to that. Yeah, he was super uh, pumped. Yeah, and I like how Brie Larson's just there, like super happy. Oh yeah, for them, yeah. And she's just there because of Captain Marvel, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. She was like so happy, and then she also yeah. too um, commented. So Jimmy Chin is the guy that made Free Solo. I didn't realize how many yeah. famous people that guy knew. She commented on his Instagram. Was like so happy for you. So that was pretty cool. She seems like she knows a, cool. a lot of people. But yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. Um, I I follow this. Instagram account. It's like, uh, did you know when it's called Movie Facts? And after Black Klansman, um, Topher Grace was so depressed that he edited the three Hobbit movies into a two and a half, two hour movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> to help him out of his depression. Yeah, he's he's cool. Like, I I'm glad that he's kind of making. I don't know if it's like a comeback. He's probably just always been around. And I haven't noticed, but he's a good yeah. actor. And what was kind of funny is in Black Klansman, he plays David Duke, the you know the Grand Wizard. But he yeah. has the Eric Foreman haircut. <laughs> yeah. So it's really kind of off-putting. Yeah. How was he in the movie? Was he just like, not uh, just like, I don't know, glaze over good, but did he give a good performance where you're like, wow, damn, man, where you been? He had this ability to be, he was saying all this awful, awful stuff, but he was doing it in a very charismatic way. So, yeah. So he wasn't your typical he put a lot of heart into the character that was pretty shit. Well, I heard a funny story that he told on uh, I think he's on Seth Meyers. And he's like when I was, you know, preparing for the role and researching, I wanted to read David Duke's book. And uh <laughs> oh, it's called uh what's it called? I think it's called My Awakening or something. So it's like basically his mind conf. It's it's really messed up. So gross. Uh Seth Meyers was like, "Where do you even find a book like that?" <laughs> and and Topher Grace was like, "Well, first I went to uh Barnes and Noble and they were like, <laughs> "We don't have that." And now you're on a list. <laughs> and then he said he just ordered it on Amazon and now he's just getting all these like really messed up recommendations. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I think that's what probably put him in a dark space for a long time and I'm glad that he edited the Hobbit to uh, get out of that. He also did a thing. I watched it the other day. He like um, edited down Star War- the entire Star Wars movies into this thing. It's I want to say it's Star Wars Always. Yep, I saw that. And it's just like a real. Did Did you watch? I didn't, it? It's I didn't watch powerful, it. Man, I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. Oh man, it, it almost made me like cry, dude. <laughs> I was like, damn, I should rewatch Star Wars. I think that when he played Eric, and he was such a nerd that it it was kind of just how he is in real life. Yeah. And I, I hope he, you know, his, in a way, I feel like Spider-Man 3 might have made him go away for a little bit because he was not yeah. good for that. But maybe he's yeah. back. He's also, he's had some minor roles. Like, he was this, like, classic, um, I don't know, um, dark, hilarious douchebag in this weird Jesse Eisenberg and, and Kirsten, uh, God, what's her name from Twilight? Oh, Kirsten Stewart. 
Yeah, Kristen Stewart. I think it's called like Ultra Violence or something like that. And it's a really silly oh, okay. comic book, uh, like amped up action movie. And he he was just like a funny dick in the movie. Yeah. So and I think that came out like 2016 or something like that. So he's making like a slow rise back. But I love to see him in more movies, especially if he was in a nominated movie. Then he's he's a good actor and he deserves to be more uh, in the light. He's got really good comedic timing too. He even just he presented. I saw it on YouTube. He presented an award at the Writers uh, Guild Awards, which Bo Burnham won. That was the award he presented for eighth grade. Which, nice. by the way. Was snubbed. Uh, okay, at the hold on. We'll get into it after. But tell tell your story. I don't, well, when he presented it, he was just he was just very funny, and that's kind of when he was talking about the David Duke thing. Um, and then Bo Burnham was hilarious. But yeah, let's just talk about eighth grade for a second. It should have it should have been nom- nominated for best picture. I would have been fine with it not winning. Also better than Green Book. Elsie, yeah, yeah. Elsie uh, should have been nominated for best actress. Yeah, she was great in that movie. Um, I, I I honestly was ready to see it in um, adapted screenplay, and I was ready to see it win for that. I think it's original. Because no, it's I original under- screenplay. That's original screenplay. Original screenplay. Yeah. Original screenplay. And I would have absolutely seen it winning that award. And had it been nominated anything else, I could not see it winning, but it should have been nominated, dude. It was talked about so much. It was one of the like star A24 movies this year besides, personally, uh, mid-'90s. Yeah, and, mid-'90s. Um, Average movie. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. I liked it, but I thought it could have been a half hour longer. I I feel that, but I I think they went through the story and summed it up well enough where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, the other thing too, and not to get too off topic of eighth grade, but I heard the movie First Reformed with Ethan Hawke was actually incredible, and yeah. he could have easily been a Best Actor nominee. But yeah, eighth grade, man, I can't believe it. Did it get any nominations at the Oscars? Nope, none. It's ridiculous. And I think Bo Burnham could have gotten a Best Director nomination. I thought he was crazy good, especially for his first time directing. Hell yeah, man. It, it was it was really phenomenal, dude. And <clears throat> especially for a movie that really didn't have uh, what would be seen as high points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the pool party, the scene in the car. These were all climactic things that necessarily wouldn't be so uh, emotional in other movies you know it, it, there was one really great sequence too where she is at the pool party and i think it's just one shot of her walking out and walking into the pool i don't think the camera ever cuts and you, yeah. you just feel her uncomfortableness so well because she's walking well, so even, slowly even before that when she's in the bathroom oh my god the whole oh movie. my god and then she gets she gets up and does the karaoke. I mean, that movie did such yeah. a good job of portraying the uncomfortableness of being like thirteen. Yeah, and I, I snub. I, it's a snub. I can't wait for another Bo movie, but I would like to see more comedy from Bo. Yeah, I I think he could do like if you watch Coen Brothers movies that sort of style. He could yeah. be a good like dark comedy type of director or something. Well, even he is a small role in The Big Sick. Did you see The Big Sick? No, I haven't. I should, though. Oh, dude, it, it's on Hulu, man. It's seriously really fucking good. And it's um, a first-time directed, written movie by Camille and Emily Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I think if Bo's going to shine in anything, it's going to be movies like that that are centered around real things like comedy and relationships and he he was really funny in that, and he's just like uh, he. Uh, Camille is in the movie. It's about his real life story of how he met his wife and all that. Yeah, and uh, Camille's a comedian, and like Bo is just one of the comedians in the troupe that he hangs out with, and it's it's really funny, man. Yeah, but it's incredibly dark, and 
but it's great. I have so much respect too for Bo Burnham. Uh, and he, I started to like him more just listening to him in interviews. I had watched some of his specials and stuff and I'm not always like the biggest fan of his style of comedy. I appreciate his style of comedy, but him as a person, I really like. So yeah, he's incredibly smart. He's super interesting and he has a unique take on everything, even though he's just, um, <clears throat> at first glance, just a regular white guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, have you seen that clip of him too? When he was on that show on HBO, I think when he was only like 20, yeah, when, yeah. When he was only 20, and yeah. he was talking about how people sometimes criticize him because he got famous from the internet and didn't have to go through the grind of like the club scene and the criticism of being performing in a club. And he was like, try reading 10,000 internet comments. Like, then you know criticism because people are so, they're faceless on the internet and they're so awful. Yeah. So that's yeah. almost worse than being, you know, in the club. And then he played Art is Dead, his, his song Art is Dead, which was, which was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But, um, I like that from that show, he grew a very close relationship with Gary Shandling. Oh, yeah. And even um, while he was going through the works with eighth grade, he like he like had Gary kind of look at and everything. And I mean, I not to really get too off topic, but I've been getting really huge into the comedy scene lately. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to see all these people getting together and showing each other their original works and helping them make it better. You know, And Gary Shandling died, what, a few years ago? Last year. Last year, yeah. I remember Bill Burr was talking about him on, on his podcast. I think they were friends, too. Yeah. So. I wrote an article about uh, Judd Apatow's documentary on him, mm-hmm. and I got to say, having knowing nothing about Gary Shandling, it was amazing. Did you listen to... Did Judd Apatow talk about how he had went to... He didn't go to, like, a funeral, necessarily. They went to, like, the cremation of Gary Shandling. He was there when they yeah, put they him ha- in. Oh. It was very... No like heavy he said obviously yeah but then they like spread the ashes i think but he was on bill Burr's podcast talking about it damn that's crazy yeah um but yeah man eighth grade should have absolutely gotten a couple noms yeah i agree totally better than green book i don't understand yeah (laughs) yeah really bill street uh eighth grade a star is born black Klansman, all miles ahead of green book yep um, take Black Klansman out of the picture because I know you loved it a lot. What what else should have won Best Picture? What do you think deserved to be up to to win it? Um, those the ones I just named are the one I think. I really do think if Beale Street could talk was the best of the year. Yeah, that movie looked heavy, and I remember I remember seeing the commercial or the trailers for it, and I was like, "Damn, this is going to be all over the Oscars." And I was very surprised to see that it wasn't. I'm ha- like I said, I'm happy Regina King won. So that it gets some recognition, but damn, man. He, um, I mean, he won a few years ago for Moonlight, obviously that whole uh, debacle with La La Land. Oh, yeah, end. that's right. That's right. Uh, I think Moonlight overall is probably a better movie. This movie would appeal more to the mainstream audience, but there's something about the cinematography in, in his movies. It's like watching a dream. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And the soundtrack, dude, you got to listen to the score from this movie. It's it's amazing. So yeah. Barry Jenkins is somebody to watch for the next next 30 years or something i don't know he's that good damn i um i w- w- what's willem dafoe up to man <laughs> he's been like he's been in the he's been nominated the past two oscars and it's for these movies that i didn't even know came out yeah he seems like he does smaller smaller movies he's a good actor obviously he's an amazing actor and he's getting recognized and i feel bad that i haven't checked up more on these movies or seen what they're about you know another one of those guys too that 
I don't know a whole lot about, but whenever I see him in interviews, he just seems like a really good dude. And he yeah. tends and he's to all, be creepy he, in a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Maybe it's his face. <laughs> Me and Mary Jane, yeah. we're going to have one what hell of a time. time. What a campy movie, too. There's a another good YouTube video of him talking about his famous roles, and he talks about Spider-Man and how much fun it was just to do that movie. That's awesome. So... Thanks. That makes me so happy. <laughs> well, he said he really liked doing the the mirror scenes when he was kind of going back and forth. Like that, that was some good shit, the, man. The Gollum style scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's all I got, man, on the Oscars. Yeah, that's it, man. I mean, we went through everything. Uh, I think what what I really wanted more is I wanted a Star Wars to get more recognition. I mean, like uh, like anything, it's amazing that they even got nominations. Lady Gaga especially, you know? Well, the big thing too is I really think he should have been nominated for Best Director and he wasn't. I don't understand Absolutely. that at all. Uh, yeah, he, I don't know what the award ceremony was, but he won something for Best Director and it was handed to him by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we'll just have to to watch and see what else he does as a director because he's proved that he's really yeah. good at it. So, yeah. So because I'm crazy and I love knowing everything, his next project that he's directing and starring in is a biopic of Leonard Bernstein. Did I say that? Right? Yeah. The so. uh, the musical composer is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Old. So we'll see how that goes. He just likes to sing, I guess. Yeah, man. Um, I was, uh, before we close, I was incredibly impressed by Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. I didn't get to say that. Um, the first scene where we see her in the bathroom just screaming at the mirror, that was, that was dope. Yeah, her smashing those pictures too when, when he dies is just, uh, man, that was. Yeah, that was powerful. And she, and then you see her like on the ground and all, everything's destroyed. And I know we were talking about it, but Sam Elliott, when he's backing up in that truck and he's crying, it just like yeah. hits you right there. I knew as soon as he said, as soon as Bradley Cooper said the apology to his to Sam Elliott's character, I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "That's the last time he's gonna see him." Yeah, yeah, and I like that um, the way it, you don't really see him dead, but you just see like you see the car still in the driveway, the garage closed, and the dog outside of it. Yeah, we can lightly sing like his his body swinging. Yeah. Man. That was that was powerful, man. It's crazy. Th- that ending, in a way, reminded me of the ending of Whiplash from a few years ago. Just her singing. I don't know why. Maybe just because it was live music on the stage. But yeah, one of those endings that it just like hits you and it's over. And it's yeah, it, dude. That's literally it. It hits you so fucking hard, and then you're like, oh, that's fucking it. Yeah, the credits <laughs> roll, and you're like, ah, Jesus. <laughs> As you're wiping tears away and getting snot out of your nose. Yeah. And I watched it with um, I watched it with Helen and her friend, and obviously they're like they're like, oh yeah, dude, I, I would have been a mess. I was a mess. Yeah. Um, just real quick, uh, what movies have moved you to the point of tears? I'll go. F- I'll just say, A Star Is Born. Obviously, anytime I see Shawshank Redemption at the end when it pans out of Red walking towards Andy, cry every yeah. time. And um, La La Land, man, I have never, I have never cried more at a movie than I have at the end of that. La La that Land. yeah, La La Land was definitely a, a tough ending. I don't, I don't cry too often at movies. I feel a lot of emotion, so we're gonna talk about that. Um, yeah, the, really, nothing's ever moved you to tears, man. Not, I'm not a, I'm not a huge crier. I don't know. I definitely am sad okay. or moved. 
No, no, I can feel that. You don't seem like the type of dude that just like just cries. Into it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, sure. I can't even. I I can't help, man. I just fucking let it no, out whether good. I want it's, to or not. It's good. I, I, I there's the obvious ones. If you see like Schindler's List, it's obviously emotional. And then, oh uh, yeah, man, A Star Is Born is definitely one of them. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I have to think about this. There's been some some pretty heavy movies I've watched. Would you go back and watch any of the older A Star Is Born movies? Um, most likely not. If I had to, it would probably be the Judy Garland one from the 50s. Yeah, I'd like to watch that, or I'd even watch the Barbara Strands, uh, Barbara Streisand one. Yeah, but I probably won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But I, I mean, I, I, I would like to. I don't know. I'm just keep coming back to that Sam Elliott scene with the truck, though. If I have to talk about being moved, his face yeah. when he turns around, and maybe because it's at first you don't see his reaction, and then when he turns, you're like, oh shit, like. Mm. He's feeling it. Yeah, man. He sh- he should have got nominated for best director. Even if he didn't want, he should he should have got nominated. Yeah. Did you see the Sam Elliott movie that's coming out? I think it's Sam Elliott, where it's like the man who killed Hitler and Bigfoot or whatever. No. Oh my god. Look that up. See when, that. Look that up when we're done. <laughs> Course, the banquet beer. <laughs> that's his voice. Yes, yeah, his voice, man. Golden Colorado. And I like how <laughs> I was watching the Honest trailer for A Star is Born, and they, they said that Bradley Cooper and Sam Elliott were getting to a growl off because at one point they're just like in each other's faces and they're like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> <laughs> um, When I was on the trivia page for IMDb, um, Bradley Cooper modeled his character after Sam Elliott's accent without even ma- like knowing that Sam Elliott was going to sign on to be his. To, to, to act in the movie. Yeah, well, that makes total sense then because yeah. they sounded the same. It was great. Yeah, exactly. Great work exactly. Both yeah. yeah. But uh, all right, man. Well, I think that's all All I got. Yeah, man. That was great. That was a great pod. I'm, glad, I'm really happy we could get all that Oscar talk out of our way and, and really flesh out how much we love The Star is Born together. And before you know it, we're moving on to our summer blockbuster podcast preview. Uh, oh, Jesus. Spider Man. Uh, uh, Far From Home, here we come. Wait, didn't... Oh, Homecoming came out. Yeah, Far From Home is the next one, right? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, we can talk about that in a few months. But uh, And the other thing, Sounds too, good. that we got I'm coming in, back in a few weeks is Game of Thrones. Oh, God. You want to... We can say weeks. You're right. It's like five we, weeks, six weeks, something like that. It, it, it is, dude. It's five weeks. And uh, hopefully, what I think we should do is every Monday, we'll do the Game of Thrones recap, and then every Wednesday, just the normal podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I'm really loving crashing right now, so I'm definitely gonna try and do a podcast about that cool. when it's over. Cool. Um well, that's it, man. I'm happy we could uh, get back to it. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. I think uh it's starting to snow outside. So uh Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, gonna get a couple inches. Couple inches, uh yeah. All right, Vinny. Well, I'll see you next week on the pod. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right. Peace. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the always die Takes a lot to change a man Hell, it takes a lot to try Maybe it's time to let the always die